I am most honored to speak to you tonight about a topic that um, I consider to be the most critical, the most important topic to speak on, to teach on, in the history of mankind. <laughs> How's that for setting the bar high? <laughs> Um, and you know what, I think uh, we've got a painting up here tonight. Um, I want you to kind of put your gaze towards that painting as I describe the topic uh, that we're going to speak about the next couple of weeks. Take a look at that painting. We are going to be speaking about personal, private, intimate, intentional. Can you see that in that painting? Heart to heart conversational. Look at Jesus' hand. He's saying something. Conversational communication with God. That's our topic for the next couple of weeks. All right? Um, let's see if our system's working here. Mr. Joe, we good? Okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna use these slides because we're going to use a little bit of a different model here tonight. These slides have two purposes. Purpose number one, they keep me on track. That's a very important purpose. Uh, purpose number two is uh, because of the notes and because this is more of a seminar type of thing, I, I just thought I'd you know, to keep the words up there in case you wanted to go back and catch something, you can write it down, all right? So, so that's what we're going to kind of try to do here tonight with the slides, okay? So this, this idea, this concept of personal, private, intentional, mm -hmm. intentional, intimate, heart-to-heart, heart-to-heart, conversational prayer. This concept, right? I, I like to kind of communicate it as, as, as a game, as a game. For me, it's the most important, the most critical, I already said that, but the most important and most critical game I play and I play it every single day. I've played it every single day for the last 17 years of my life. I play this game every single day. But I use this concept of a game because nothing is, because a game has this kind of dual uh, ability to be both challenging and fun. Yeah. Amen? And there is no game in the world, not even close as far as I'm concerned, that is more challenging than this game. You know, we... we to, to get in the Lord's presence, okay? To hear his voice and then respond to that voice. Now get this. And then hear him come back with his response to your response, yeah. right? Um, that's, that's challenging. That's really challenging in a world, in a culture that's filled with distractions, right? Filled with interruptions, and filled with all kinds of temptations. Why do we even carry these things around? I don't even... All right? It's very, very challenging. But here's the thing about games, right? Games, uh, whether it's golf or, or basketball or chess, here's the thing about games. As you learn it a little bit, you get a little bit better. You learn a little tip. You get a little bit better. You get a technique. You listen to somebody. You get a little technique. You get a little bit better. And as you get a little bit better, it starts to become a little more fun, right? starts to become a little bit more fun. But this game goes beyond fun. This game goes into something that I like to call an addiction, actually, in a good way. It goes beyond fun. It becomes an addiction. And, you know, um, it, it, of course, if you say something to God and then he says something back to you and you say something to God and he says something, would that not be cool? Mm -hmm. very cool. That'd be very cool, don't you think? Um, and here's the thing about this game. 
If you learn how to play this game to your utmost, you give it your best, you give it all you have, you learn how to play this game to your utmost, then you can, as far as I'm concerned, it's the only way you can live your life to its utmost. It's the only way you can do that, right? And um, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse three says, um, call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and hidden things. Great and hidden things. So here you're, tr- you're trying to learn this game, you're playing this game, you, you, you're listening for the Lord, you get in his presence, you listen for something, you hear something, you say something back, you hear something again, mm-hmm. and you start to get a revelation of great and hidden things, mm-hmm. right? Would that give you a little bit of faith? Mm-hmm. Yes. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of? Yes. God. God, and it's, it's both um, logos and rhema. It's both written mm-hmm. as well as, as, as spoken, right? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Now listen to this, Matthew chapter 17, 20 says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, right? Faith the size of the mustard seed, then nothing will be impossible for who? You. You, right. Not for God, right? There's a few scriptures where it says nothing will be impossible. But this one specifically says nothing will be impossible for you. And I think the reason it says that is because, you know what? He's kind of done the impossible kind of a lot. And I don't think he gets his jollies from that anymore. What is he, there's nothing left to do when you leave tonight. Take a look up at the stars, okay? He's kind of done it. He gets his jollies by watching you do the impossible through him, with him, in this kind of relationship with him. Then he is, he is like having an awesome time up there watching you do that, all right? So what are we going to do in the next couple of weeks? For me, nothing compares to this game to this thing that I do every day. Nothing compares. Here's my hope for the next couple of weeks, that, that it becomes, as important as it is for me in my life, that it becomes that important, a, a little bit more important for you. Yeah. That, that's my goal, that it becomes a little bit more important for you. So to help you get there over the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna do some teaching. I'm gonna show you some video clips, some movie clips. I'm gonna tell you some stories. <laughs> And we're going to do some exercises. Exercises will probably be next week, but we're going to do some exercises. All right? All right, so you ready to go? Okay, let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us here tonight, on me and on everyone here. Guide every thought, every word, every action, everything, so that your will is done through us and your will alone. Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit and your Son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, Joseph. All right, before we get started, what I wanna make sure you understand a couple things. What I am gonna share with you in the next couple of weeks, I have practiced every day for the last 17 years of my life, missed a, a handful of days. I can't even remember, but there's like maybe 10, okay? In the last 17 years, I've missed a handful, but that's it, but I practice it all the time. The other thing I wanna share with you is that um, ev- everything I share with you Um, from the simplest foundational fundamental things that we're going to learn here tonight to the more advanced concepts that we're going to learn. There's five prayer techniques I'm going to teach you in the next couple of weeks, and they get more and more advanced and more and more, uh, they require a little bit more practice, if you will, as you get to the, the more advanced ones. All of that I have learned is not my stuff. I have learned from the prayer masters, Catholic, 
Protestant, multiple denominations. If somebody was teaching prayer, I was listening. If someone was writing about this type of conversational prayer, I was reading it. If there was a podcast, I was listening to it. And after all that, if there was a speaker, I went to see him. And after all that, I went home, I took notes. Next morning, I woke up, I tried it. And I failed. <laughs> and I tried it again. And I failed, and I went to another podcast and another. Okay, so everything um, that, 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 I, that I'm going to share with you comes from these prayer masters from the 1500s, from the 1400s, and even contemporary ones, okay? And the reason why I want you to know that is because maybe some of you here tonight already have as you heard from Pastor Tina and Pastor Ian, because I've known them for a long time and I know they already have this kind of a conversational relationship with God. Many of you may have that. I don't know how many, right? What I want to make sure you understand is what you're hearing from me. It's not, a, it's not a my way or the highway thing. If you're there already, if you're hearing the Lord, if you're having a conversation with him, if you're getting information that's great and hidden, previously hidden, then, then that's cool. If it's working, that's good right? It's not my way or the highway. The game here is to get in his presence, to hear his voice, to say something, to hear something, to say something, to have a, a conversational dialogue with him, okay? Not to do it Dom's way, okay? It's, and it's not my way anyway. I've kind of stolen it from a whole bunch of, of people. Um, so the, the idea here is if you can get one tip, one trick, put in your bag of tricks tonight and next week and get to another level in this game, like get better at this game, then um, it's great for you, it's great for this community, it's great for the kingdom, amen? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Jesus said, I want to say one more thing, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, right? He did not say my sheep hear my voice by praying in tongues only, uh, my sheep hear my voice only under Jessica's worship music, which is pretty awesome. My sheep hear my voice by climbing up the Rockies and sitting up there and waiting to hear his voice. He didn't say that. There's a hundred ways to hear his voice or more, right? Um, what, again, I just want to make sure you hear here is what I have learned to be five kind of very um, fundamental, pretty much consistent. Everyone uses these techniques, okay? Um, so last week i think uh, behind the camera i was home watching my lovely and talented wife talk to you about confession and how important that was and give you some great testimonies so we're going to do a little really quick confession now okay yeah. all right repeat after me yeah. jesus said jesus my sheep hear my voice i am one of his sheep i will hear his voice, hear his voice. Every, day every day for the rest of my days, of my days. in jesus name, jesus name amen joseph all right Here's what we're going to do. There's five major parts to this seminar. Part one, uh, we just finished. Why you really want to do this. I hope maybe you kind of got a little bit about why you want to do this. Part two is, what is it exactly? What is conversational prayer? I want to give you a vision of what this looks like. I want you to see this, so I picked out this movie clip to show you. Part three is going to be what, what conversational prayer is not. So we'll do that. Part four is how we prepare for it. Um, preparing for this kind of prayer is as important as the prayer. I mean, if you don't prepare for it properly, it just will, will not happen. And part five is how do you actually do it, the five techniques, okay? I think we might get into technique one, t one tonight, but we'll definitely be doing that next week. Okay, so part one. What is conversational prayer? How many of you have seen the movie Bruce Almighty?
Am I... You can't kneel down in the middle of a highway and live to talk about it, son. But why? Why now? Bruce, you have the divine spark. You have the gift for bringing joy and laughter to the world. I know. I created you. Quit bragging. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the spark. What do you want me to do? I want you to pray, son. Go ahead. Use them. Um, Lord, feed the hungry and bring peace to all of mankind. How's that? Great. If you want to be Miss America. Uh. Now, come on. What do you really care about? characteristics I've given you about this type of communication with God. I have an amazing book I'm going to give to somebody who wants to stand up. <laughs> Except if you're a pastor, you're not allowed to claim. <laughs> Six characteristics. I've said them about five times. Darian, right? Yeah. I've said them about three, four times already. Darian, you willing to take a shot? <laughs> if you get three, I'll give you the book. <laughs> Go for it. Six characteristics? Yeah, that you saw in that clip of this type of prayer. Um, intimacy. One. Connection. Mm. Yeah, one more. Uh, specific? Yeah, I'll give you one more shot. Um, Starts with P. Personal. Give it up for Darian. That is so cool. Personal. Did you see the personal conversation? Private, intimate. Did you see heart to heart the first prayer? What do you want? You're, yeah, great, if you're Miss America. Um, but the next one was right from his heart. Right? There was very little of this right here, this head, this brain stuff, there was very little of that in the conversation, right? And very intimate. Okay, so uh, 
Joseph, this little clip, I wanted to show it to you because I wanted to put this in front of you as our goal. I mean, this clip never gets old for me. I have watched it a hundred times. I cried when I got ready for this talk. I was almost crying over there watching it again. <laughs> I'm such a suck. But anyway, it just gets me every time. But like to me, it's the goal. It's where we want to go. It's what we want to have. That is what it is like. Okay? That's not just hypothetical Hollywood stuff. That is what it's like. That is what it's supposed to be. That is our goal. And that, I keep saying tonight, you hear me say the word, is intentional. You don't get that happenstance. You don't get that randomly. Now, God is God. He can do whatever he wants. And sometimes you'd be standing somewhere and zap, and next thing you know, you're talking to him. But, you know, that stuff is kind of rare. And I'll tell you how it can happen more to you a little bit later in the evening. But, but for the most part, you have to be intentional about it. You heard Pastor, Ian, uh, sorry, Pastor Tina say tonight when she was up here um, speaking, she said, and then when I went in my prayer closet, okay? A, a, she went. B, there's a closet. There's a place. There's a time. It's intentional. Amen? Okay, so that's the goal. That's what we want, and it doesn't come for free. It's, it's intentional. It's something we have to work towards. And I gave you a couple of quotes here. I don't know if you can read them here. I think you can. All right, just a couple of quotes from some prayer masters who have uh, kind of, like I said, taught this type of prayer. Um, for prayer is nothing else but being on terms of friendship with God. And you saw that friendship. They laughed, they joked, right? They hugged. You saw that friendship. Prayer is nothing else uh, than being on terms of friendship with God. That's Teresa of Avila. By the way, Teresa of Avila Protestant seminaries, Catholic seminaries, looked upon as a spiritual master, a prayer master. She's wrote that many volumes on, uh, on prayer, um, okay? And this one, Dallas Willard, who's a theologian and a professor, our failure to hear God has as its deepest, has, sorry, as its deepest roots, a failure to understand, accept, and grow into a conversational relationship with God, the sort of relationship suited to friends. Understand, accept, and grow into a conversational relationship with God. And the reason why he used those words, accept, you know, this type of stuff in a lot of circles where it's like the only way you can hear God is if you have your Bible open and you're reading the Bible. Only the words speak in church, yeah, in church. You can't hear him anywhere else. So this kind of was con controversial for a while back in the early 1900s, let's say. So that's why he says, accept, okay, accept it, and then what does it say next? Grow, grow, practice, try, practice, grow, okay? It's not something that kind of comes, just like that, um, and conversational. Okay, what's next, Joseph? Okay, we got the goal. We know what it is, amen? Let me know if you know what it is. Okay, the pastors know what it is. That's good. That's all I really came here for tonight. Um, all right, this is what it's not. I'll tell you why it's important that I say this to you. Because people, because uh, I've taught this many times, and people come up and say to me, uh, I did this. Does that count? Right? <laughs> it doesn't seem to work. I don't know why. Did, uh, so I'm going to give you a bunch of things that are not really uh, this kind of prayer, and we can kind of understand, uh, uh, you know, the difference between certain kinds of prayer and, and make sure we distinguish what I've been talking to you tonight about this conversational prayer, okay? Okay, this is what it's not. It's not Bible study. It's not Bible study. 
you know, taking an English word, trying to figure out the Greek understanding, the Hebrew understanding, right? Trying to figure out who was the emperor of Rome while Paul was traveling there, right? Looking at the map of Israel. Oh, that's where Paul went, and then he went here. Okay, that's all Bible study, okay? I mean, the Lord can speak to you there, no question about it, all right? But that's different. You set time aside to do Bible study. Pastor, Pastor uh, Tina, when you, do you do Bible study in your closet? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> There's the doors. <laughs> but it's intentional when you go there to do Bible study, um, okay? And also, it's important that we do it. I'm not dissing any of these things. Bible study is absolutely critical. If I went to Pastor Ian and said, okay, help me understand... Let me do it this way. If I went to Pastor Tina and said, help me understand Ian, why does he do it that? Why does he say that? How come he acts that way, right? And she tells me all these things, right? That I'm gonna know more about Pastor Ian, right? Then when I come to converse with Pastor Ian and he's throwing me 19 million theories, (laughs) right, on how everything works, right? And I'm thinking, how does he know all that stuff? But anyway... I got some insight from, yeah. from Pastor Tina, and, and the relationship is better, okay? So it's important to do the Bible study, but it's not intentional conversational time with the Lord, amen? Okay, what's next, Joseph? Um, corporate prayer. You guys do that a lot here. You get together in prayer and fasting. You, I don't know where you do it, but one of the rooms here, I assume. You pray in tongues. You have some worship music. And that corporate prayer is for the corporate group, right? right? It's for the community. It's for the church, Okay? It's not for you, okay? So when you're in that mode, now follow me, when you're in that mode, right, you can get a word of knowledge from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit. You can get a word of knowledge. You can get a word of prophecy, right? And, you're, and, and you know, for, for those, and your heart's maybe pounding a lot. That's a big sign that you're supposed to share it. So you do, right? But it's not, when you go there, we're praying for the community. We're praying for the missionaries who are about to head off to uh, Uganda or wherever. That's what we're doing there, right? Now, Here's, here's a key I just want to make sure you understand. That is not intentional conversational prayer, but God being God, sometimes you might just be in there, right? And quietly uh, in tongues and in music and something like this happens, right? It's sweet, isn't it, son? Yes, Lord, it is. <laughs> now, if you ever, 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 ever hear anything like that, anything that you feel is coming from the Father, or Jesus, or they'll never, ever, ever turn it away. And my, my response is always, yes, yes, Lord. You know, and it's, it's sweet, isn't it, son? Yes, Lord. You feel comfortable here, son? I feel safe, Lord. I, I literally just start talking. If you ask me a question, I have an answer. It feels safe, Lord. This is the place for you, son. I put you here. Amen, Lord. So it could happen right? A conversation can start in the middle of that environment, okay? Because he's God, and he does whatever he wants to do. What's next, Joseph? <laughs> Receiving prayer at the altar, okay? You come up here. This is where I typically see you guys. You come up here. Um, you come up here, and your, your hands are like this, and there's, 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 there's somebody, and I think this Sunday, you guys did the uh, fire tunnel. I couldn't see that. I was kind of wanting to see how that all worked. Um, but anyway, this Sunday, you know, somebody, you come up, you're, you're needing some financial help. You're needing some, uh, you need some wisdom to make a decision. You need healing. You come up with your hands, and somebody prays for you. Again, that is, that is different. You're not engaging with God. You're kind of listening to the guy pray for you. But here, it can happen again. Let me, let me tell you a story. About three years ago, I think it was a spring conference, there was a guy named Dan Slade. 
Pastor Slade, I don't know what, yeah. Uh, he's from the Catch the Fire Church. So uh, he was here, and um, uh, at the end of service, he, you know, we, we came up for prayer, and I stood probably almost exactly right about here with my hands like that, and I shared this story with him. And I said, um, you know, I am struggling. I just signed this uh, contract to work in a, an insurance company in Toronto. And I said, you know, every time I went into this place, into the office, it felt like I was walking into a black cloud, right? And I had, I had not been in Toronto for about three, four years or something. I had been working on another contract. And, you know, Toronto has changed drastically, right? And I actually even had signed a contract and a deal with this company before. And, you know... The, the workplace changed drastically. Uh, there's, there's a lot of Buddhists, there's a lot of Hindus, there's a lot of Sunni Muslims, Shiite Muslims, Aga Khan Muslims. You better know the difference in that environment or you're in trouble, <laughs> right? Because they don't get along and they're in your meeting and they, you're wondering why they're at each other's throat. Well, now you know. Um, so there's all this stuff. And, and I felt like, like no one would talk from their heart. Everything was business all the time. It can't work that way, yeah. Right? So everything was business all the time, and I felt like I was just being completely neutralized, like, and, and was struggling. Like, again, I just felt like there was a dark cloud. So I come in here, and I said, this is what's going on with my life. I got my hands open, and he, he's listening to me, and he, he prays strength into me, and he prays courage into me, and he prays all this stuff, and I'm thinking, praise the Lord, right? So I do what I think most of you do after somebody prays for you, right? We stay up here, and we, um, we wait to see what the Lord has to say. And so that particular night, right? Um, he finished. I bowed my head, and I was listening to the music, and it was just so awesome. And I felt him say, Lord, or the Lord say to me, son, I called you into that place. I called you to be light there. I said, Father, it doesn't look like anybody can be light there. <laughs> yeah. I said, it's a very complex place, Right? Um, no, I called you, son. I'm like, Lord, like, um, politically correct on steroids, right? Like, no, I don't know, I don't get it, right? He said, son, it's not like it was before. You need to be, you need to be different. And I said, how, Lord? He said, you need to be more wise, more cunning, more sharp, um, more, more intelligent. You can't do it like you did it before, Right? And I said, how do I do it? He said, pick your spots. Watch for something. Watch, pick your spot, do it very quietly. Do it on the side. So I was at London Life, um, Freedom 55 Financial, working there uh, in 2000 time frame. And I led a, a, a Bible study, uh, inter-Christian inter faith Bible study, in the workplace at lunch hour. And the more people found out, the more people came. And we talked about it 2000, year 2000. We talked about it frequently. Those trade center buildings went down. We ran up into that meeting room and we prayed as a community right up there. So I was very familiar on how to do workplace evangelization, right? But I was being completely neutralized. And he was telling me, you can't be that public. Go underground, undercover, right? So I started to do that. Now, I'm having this conversation here with the Lord, all right? Now, I want you to understand that conversation happened at that moment in time, and I'm going to get to that shortly, but I'm going to jump ahead, I guess. Um, because I do this every day. Because I do it every morning. Because I'm in a constant flow. Because if I'm not in a flow, I'm a complete disaster. 
And if Jenny were up here doing the talk with me, she'd be, let me tell you right now. Um, so I'm in a constant flow. And because you're in a constant flow like that, which is why this daily thing is very important, then when you're standing here a little randomly, you can start a, a conversation with him, much like we saw in that video clip and in that painting. Okay? So here's what's even crazier about this particular story. I'm standing here. I don't know if you remember this. Probably not. But I'm standing here. I think I just gave you, what, about 30-second conversation? The room was filled with people and, and praying and everybody's going on. I put my head up. There's not a, there's a, not a soul <laughs> in this place. Nobody's on the stage anymore. There's music playing through the speaker system, right? And I'm going, oh, oh man. You know, I got to get home and write this all down. And then, I mean, literally, I just left. I walked in the back. You know, the pastors all hang out there. They have champagne and caviar after everything. <laughs> not true. Not true. Story was true, but that part was not true. Um, all right. Receiving prayer at the altar? Got it. Okay, next. This, these, are not, these are not forms of personal, private, intimate, conversational, heart-to-heart -heart prayer. Uh, intercession. Hey, can, can, you, can you get a word for me? I'm not sure if I should go on this mission trip to Africa. Okay, and somebody asks you to do that? Yes, you're seeking the Lord, but that's about them. All right, it's not about you. In, these, in that conversational clip we saw, that was all about Bruce and God's desire and Bruce's desire, right? God's will and Bruce's will and what God thought and what Bruce thought. That was all about them, us, right? But when somebody calls you for intercession and says, Can, you know, and then, so this is why I'm telling you all this, right? Because people say, I was interceding for two hours today for that guy, right? I didn't get nothing about me. Well, yeah. <laughs> right? It's different. You got to make other time to get it about you. It's got to be intentional. All right. Confession. You know, <laughs> we had that talk last week. Um, Jenny, Jenny does her confessions. I, I vouch. I even join with her sometimes, but not too often because hers are way too long. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> confession is not that time. That's about your soul. That's about your heart. That's kind of working your, yourself, right? You're not really talking to God there. Okay, you're building yourself up. Meditation, i.e. hoping and believing and that kind of stuff and visualizing, okay? Inviting the Holy Spirit in for sure to do that. But what I wanna make sure you're getting from me though, if you wanna have a conversation with God like Bruce had with Morgan, then you gotta set time aside, okay? And it's special and that's why you're going into that closet. You're going in there for that, okay? And it's not the nudge. It's not the nudge of Tim Hortons when the guy, the Lord says pay for the guy's donut and his coffee and go put gas in his car. It's like, all right, off. Um, you know, it's, that's not it. Um, you got it, okay? All right, what's, la what's next? It's not Sunday service. And, okay, you get it? It's about me talking to him. It's about him talking to me. It's about his will challenging my will. It's about my will trying to understand his will. This, this is what we are going into that closet to do, okay? And so what we, to do that, to get there, I want to sh so we've done what it is, we've now done what it's not, so now I want to show you and help you understand what it takes to prepare, okay? Let's go, Joe. Nothing. All right, if you're going to learn that, if you heard anything tonight from me, this is number one. This is what you need to win in this game. Number one, desire. You have to want it. You have to want it badly. Desire, nothing compares. I listen to those talks. 
I, 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 I tried it. I kind of thought, you know, this, I guess as a Christian, I should learn how to do this, right? We should learn how to hear God's voice. And I couldn't do it. And I read a book and I tried and I failed and I tried and I failed. But something kept telling me inside that I wanted to do it. And I'll tell you what it was. We have been doing this Christian walk for over 30 years. What an amazing blessing, by the way, it's been for me and Jenny and our children and our family to start this walk with this couple before they were pastors. We were all trying to figure it out together. We were all going to talks. We were going to conferences together. You know what I mean? What an amazing blessing. But we would go to those things and we would hear things like, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work that word. You gotta work it really hard. And, and you know, you, you, you say that scripture over and over and over again, right? <laughs> to get what you're looking for, to get that victory. And I would do that. As a matter of fact, um, uh, I, uh, another talk for another time, but I, at one point in time, my spine was very bent and crooked. i show you the x-ray, x-ray one day, right? Very bent, very crooked. Um, stenosis, scoliosis, a cracked vertebrae, actually, and a disc. They told me I needed surgery, blah, 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 blah. Very crooked. That was the basic pro- problem that caused everything else. I stood on Luke chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, like 30, 40, 50. I don't know how many times I said it a day. When I stretched, when I went to bed, when I woke up in the morning before lunch, every time, every time I felt a twinge. Luke 3, 5, 6 said, the crooked will be made straight. Right? So the crooked, will, the crooked was made straight. My, my spine is perfectly straight. Right? It works. It's great. It's amazing. Keep doing it, everybody. Keep doing it. But let me tell you, I, 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 I wanted a little bit more than that. Something inside of me wanted more. I don't know. That was just, that was amazing. And I've shared that testimony, and I just did a talk a, a lot about that a few weeks ago. It was amazing. And also hoping you know, and, and believing. Like, I, I wanted to do that all the time uh, about my future, about my career, about ministry. And almost all that stuff has come to pass. You know, I, I confess Proverbs 1. I confess I was a favorite of God all the time. That stuff comes to pass, but I wanted more. And I guess the best way I can summarize this is this. I wanted a father. I wanted a father. Um, for a while, I thought it was because my father died. I was in my 30s. I don't think that was it. Because the more I read about him, the more I looked at the stars, the more I looked at the water and the lake, the more I looked at the oceans, the more I looked at creation, the more I read about him, the more and more I wanted him. And I didn't just want victory. and I wanted the victory, but I wanted to talk to him. I wanted a father. There's nothing else was going to do it for me. Um, I wanted a father, and I wanted an older brother. So that was it. That was my desire. That was my passion. That became like my singular thing. I was going to learn how to do that. I told you that I've been doing this every, year, every day for 17 years. I actually started trying to do it about 20 years ago. For three years was that what you've heard me say a few times. I tried, I failed, I tried, I failed, I tried, I failed. Um, but here's what sw- switched it over for me. Here's where it clicked. Here's when everything changed. Again, another really cre- critical, important point. When I realized that I had to do this every day. You see, a professional basketball player has to take shots every day. If they, miss a sh- if they miss a day, they get a little bit out of sync. You know, you watch those golfers who are, who are just doing ridiculously amazing things on Sunday. They are on that course every day. They're practicing every day. If they, if they miss one or two days, they get out of sync. 
daily was the key. And you know how I found it? In a Bible study. Yeah. Um, I found it in a Bible study. It was Proverbs 3, 5, 6. It absolutely, drastically, totally, ridiculously changed my life more than any other scripture that I've ever read. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 said this, says this, and you know it. Trust in the Lord with all your, in all your ways acknowledge, and he will make your paths. He will make your path straight. So I am really busy, right? I work all day, and sometimes to six or seven. I minister many, many nights, right? And I'm just swamped, right? And I was swamped back in 2000, and I am today. And it's a blessing to be able to be swamped. Um, but you know what? When I read that scripture, he will make your path straight. It's like, I need straight. I can't go off on the wrong cutoff. I can't make mistakes. I got so little room in my schedule for mistakes, Lord. I need my path straight. I'm thinking, okay, I got to figure this out. So I dive deeper into the scripture because it's important to understand. In all your ways, you know that uh, spirit-filled Bible, right? That's where I got this from in the little Bible notes at the bottom. Um, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Ways, the Greek word means actually like a, um, a cyclical pattern. And, and the note said, like a day. So it's all your days. And acknowledge him, the word acknowledge is the word yada, and yada means to intimately know. All right, let's put this together now. In all your days, intimately know him, and he will make your path straight. Sign me up. <laughs> like, sign me up. I'm in. I need it. I want it. I'm doing it. Right? After four years of trying, nobody told me that scripture. I'm upset at every pastor that ever existed. Four years. And now, now you folk, boy, you better go home and read that scripture. <laughs> okay? So that was it. Daily. Then I come to find out later, daily is kind of important to the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, he had the Israelites go out and get their manna how often? Daily. daily. Why, why didn't do two days? Don't they, you know, they, daily. Uh, lamentations, our mercies come anew every morning. And Jesus, who gets the last word all the time, uh, Jesus said, Father, give us this day our daily bread, physical, spiritual, mental, financial bread. Give us this day, meaning you're asking every day. Daily's important to the Lord, okay? This was the thing that switched. This was the thing that got me over the, over, over the hill and got me to finally be able to do this because I committed to doing it every single day. And yeah, I was a little bit selfish because I was gonna win and I was gonna, everything was gonna go right for me. Um, but, but that's what drove me to that. To do that, I had to take something off the table. Um, you, you need time, right? So I'm working during the day, I'm ministering at night, I would get home, I'd watch some sports, and at 11.30, I'd always watch something called Sportsline, and I'd watch the show, and I'd catch up on all the scores, <laughs> and all the events, and all the hockey fights, and I'd catch up on everything, right? And, I, and then I would go to bed kind of thing, and you know, Jenny and I would talk or whatever, and then I would go to bed. Um, I had to take that off the table. It was one of my favorite things to do, is at the end of the day. But if I took that half hour off the table in the evening, then that would give me a chance to go to bed a little bit earlier, and then I could wake up a half hour earlier, and that half hour was going to be set aside intentionally to have a conversation with Morgan Freeman, okay? <laughs> intentionally, okay? You get it? Okay. I mentioned this to you before. I'll say it again. The importance of the daily is you stay in the flow. If you're in that flow, 
You know, Pastor Ian taught me a whole long time ago. He says the really cool thing about Christian, or one of the really tricky things about Christianity is if you pray that way and you live in that flow, you stay in this constant state of peace. You're in a constant state of peace. And he said to me, what's important to recognize is when you're not in peace. Because we're in peace so frequently and so long and so much, right, that we kind of lose track that we are absolutely, totally blessed. But when you're not in peace, man, that stuff jumps out like you cannot believe. Um, and when I, when I started to pray this way and I would miss a day, it was like really a disaster, pandemonium. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I was angry, aggressive. I was like all this massive stuff, right? Right? So I would listen for that all the time in my heart, and that's when I really learned I'm not doing that anymore. You know, I'm not coming into the world until I go into my closet and, and talk to, to my God, my Father, amen? Preparation for this. Preparation. Desire, you must have it. You must take something off the table to make this kind of time, okay? You have to look at Proverbs 3, 5, 6, but here's really maybe also a very important part of the preparation. He is your father. I wanted a father. He is not your boss. He's not a candy store owner. A boss is, is he's interested in achievement and accomplishment, okay? Your father is interested in those things, but he's primarily interested in relationship, right? Dr. Julia, my daughter here, you know, great achievement, great accomplishment academically. She's in Atlanta studying. I call her, FaceTime audio. Dad, I can't talk right now. Bing. I couldn't care less what comes before her name. Seriously. It's meaningless to me at that particular moment. I want to talk to her. I want to know what's going on in her life. Do you know what I mean? So when we come to him, we are coming to him. He's our father. He's not our boss. Don't, don't, don't say, you know what, Lord, I did this and I did that and I'm going here and I'm going there. I mean, he's interested in all. He loves all that stuff. But you know what he thinks about our accomplishments? because you're not going to do them without him anyway, so he's not that impressed, right? But with your, when you give time to him, hey, I got nothing on my list. You know, when I would start praying this way, Jenny would say, can you pray if we should get that car? And I'm thinking, I'm going to do this kind of prayer. <laughs> so I don't have time to put things on my list. That's for a different time. I'm going over here to the lake to pray. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's very clear. I'm going to meet my father. I'm going to share my heart. He's going to share his heart. We're going to talk. He's gonna laugh. He actually laughs at me a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> um, okay? Um, he's also not a candy store. You don't, you don't come to the Lord in the morning and say, hi, Lord, I, I need some, you know, here's my time, Lord. I need some financial help. Here's my time, Lord. I, I need some wisdom. Here's my time, Lord. Can you heal me? Joyce Myers says, brilliant, brilliant quote from jo Joyce Myers. If you seek his face, he will open his hand. If you seek his hand, you know, he's not impressed. Amen? If you seek his face, he will open his hand. Okay. Your role versus his role. Here's the real best part about this. Your job in this whole thing, I gave you preparations. You have to lose some stuff at the evening or whatever. But your job is to show up. You just show up. <laughs> That's your job. His job is to talk. You can't make him talk. If he doesn't want to talk, he's not going to talk. Sometimes he doesn't talk and is very peaceful still. That's kind of him talking. You know, there, there's a, you know when you see two old people and they're, they're on the rocking chairs on the porch, you ever see that picture and one's reading and the other one's kind of looking out? Do you think they're talking to each other? 
No, but they are hanging out. You know what I mean? So your job, show up. Just show up every day. You just show up every day. His job is to talk. Um, uh, one quote, and then I think, you know, I have no clue how I'm doing on time. No clue. Okay, no clue. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, I, I've seen that. Okay. Um, Francis DeSales says, you know what, folks? If I can do this, if I can do this, you can do this. We were created for this. God created us because he wanted sons and daughters. God created us because he wanted sons and daughters to do the impossible, Matthew 17, 20. You can do the possible. That's why he created us. He gets his jollies from that now. He doesn't, nothing left for him to create really in that particular way. He created us for this, to relate, to be sons, to be daughters, to share heart stuff with him. And if I can do it, and I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like I'm the busiest guy in the world, but I'm, I'm busy. If I can find time, there is not a reason. I mean, I don't know why anybody else wouldn't be able to find time, right? And there's a lot of busy people in the world or whatever, but you can find time. Find time. Knock something off the table. Francis de Sales, he lived in the 1500s. He was a, a bishop, a theologian, a songwriter, blah, 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 blah. He made this amazing quote as well. He said this, Every day, and you know what made him special? He, he was kind of into prayer for, for, for people who weren't pastors and stuff and weren't in the business of, of, of building the kingdom, per se. His quote was like this. Pray, seek the Lord every day for 30 minutes. If you're busy, though, take an hour. Okay? Amen. What, what I think I'm gonna do is, um, seriously, folks, how much time do we have? Do we have a half an hour? All right, then I'm, I'm gonna leave the clip for the end, okay, Tim? Okay, so uh, let's go to the next slide. I'm gonna complete the preparation, then I'm gonna show you a video clip, we're gonna pray, and, and that will be the uh, closure of night one of the seminar. Y'all good? Yes. Amen, okay. This is, uh, again, we're in preparation. This is important stuff, because you can't just walk into this and do it for free, kind of. Um, this, what I'm gonna give you here is a plethora of prerequisites, starting with P, on personal, private, prayer. <laughs> okay, number one, place. You want to find a place that you can pray like this. You heard Pastor Tina, she has a closet. Is it actually a closet? Oh my gosh, I'm in the washroom too. Ah, write that tip down. Write that tip down. Yes, that is true. <laughs> um, you want to find a place, a place where you can be still, a place where you can be in silence, and a place where you can be in solitude, alone, okay? The living room, while people are fooling around, not the place. You know, the kitchen table, not the place. Um, stillness. Uh, Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. It's important to him. He wants us stopped. One of the things about fasting, by the way, if you don't know this, your body slows down significantly. Why, why I pray, when I pray, a lot of times I do fast. I don't like to have breakfast before I pray. Your body slows down. And you're not twitching, and you're not kind of playing air guitar. You, you, your body slows down, right? You can be still. And if you're still, 
you have a better chance to hear his voice, okay? So you want to find a place where you can be still. Um, silent. You want silence. You can't have noise. I mean, music is okay, if it, you know, but you can't have noise. You can't have background noise. Actually, to tell you the truth, um, I pray a lot of times with earplugs in, right? Because people are doing things in the house and it, it's just distracting. I need silence. Um, C.S. Lewis wrote, um, C.S. Lewis wrote in the, 40, in the 50s and the 60s he was writing. He said, he described the culture of that day as the kingdom of noise. <laughs> Imagine if he were alive today. <laughs> oh, there's a serious racket in this kingdom, right? Kingdom of noise. So, so, and he wrote a lot about prayer as well. Um, silence is important. Be still, be silent, and be in solitude. You want to be alone. You have to find a place where you're not going to get distracted by your phone or by people, right? You want to be alone. So when I got to, got to, be, uh, to do this and really just uh, had a hunger to do it every day, and if I didn't do it, I, like you heard me say, I just didn't feel right, um, and I wanted to hear from the Lord every day, I started to, we're about a block away from Lake Ontario, so I started to drive to the lake, and if it was raining, I would stay in my car and look at the lake. If it was not, I would get out of my car winter or summer um, and, and, and go and stand by that water because nobody was there. I was alone. I can sit on a rock and be still. It was completely silent. And you know, in this particular case, the water, like Lake Ontario, I don't know if you know this, sometimes you can't see the other side of the lake. Sometimes you see Toronto very clearly, but sometimes you can't. It's like an ocean. And every time I went next to that water, I would feel his power. I would feel his presence. I would see that water wash over the rocks, and that, that, to me, that was mercy. I would see those waves like hammer the side of the, of, of the shore, and to me, that was his power. You know, so I would, I would go and find a place where I could be still and silent and get into his presence very quickly. In the last few years, Jenny loves the garden. She's got a beautiful backyard built just for me. <laughs> um, she, uh, she's got flowers everywhere, and I don't know. I, I, one morning, I was back there, and I was, you know, I had, actually had my earplugs in my shades. Like, nobody's going to get into this, this thing, okay? So I, I'm there, and I, and I look at this flower, and I don't really know what kind of flower it was, but there was like, I looked at the inside of the flower, and there, there's a hundred million colors in there. And I'm like, come on. Like, come on, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that, right? So, like, I mean, quickly, quickly, quickly can get in the presence of the Lord in the presence of a flower. <laughs> so, I mean, a place is really, really important. Find your place. Pastor Tina has her place. I have my place. Get your place, okay? All right, peaceful time. Peaceful time for me is the morning because this is a game about talking from your heart to God, not from your head, Okay? Talking from your heart, not from your head. For me, after three phone calls, uh, you know, several debates, um, kind of issues going on, everything going on here is all over here. There's very little happening here. This is the Holy Spirit time. I do a lot of speaking to kids. I tell the kids, this is Holy Spirit time. Holy Spirit, you're on because I don't have a clue what's going on anymore. So this is him. He's working all this for you, right? So it's not heart time. If I try to do this at noon, it's just so hard. In the morning, this is empty. <laughs> uh, don't say it in the morning it's empty in the morning it's empty so nothing's happened I, 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 so what I do is I go right there you know what and to, to have a wife who tries to do this too a spouse is critical 
right? You wake up, you don't even say hi. Doing the same thing I'm doing. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is first place in our life. God the Father is who we seek every morning, right? And that's what we both do, okay? And that makes it a lot easier, all right? Um, so we, we, we want a peaceful time. For me, it's the morning. I know, actually, this is an amazing, uh, quite a remarkable, amazing fellow you have here as your pastor, obviously, but this, this dude does it at night. I don't know how, you know? But I've been trying to learn how to do that in the last <laughs> few years, and it's possible, it's possible, but more, for me, it's the morning, okay? And get in his presence. You guys know how to do this very well. You enter his presence through praise, right? So praise, music, right? That's a good way to enter his, pre his presence. So you get in his presence. And here's very important. You need to repent. You need to forgive. Um, a lot of times people come up to me and said, I did everything you think. And, and you know, I learned how to do this better as I was going along. Um, but people would come up to me and say, I did it. Nothing, I can't hear anything, blockers, it's all just dry like the desert, right? I'm saying, and then I would say like, are you carrying any unforgiveness? Well, I hate my dad, he's a jerk. Okay, run home, add forgiveness to the note page. All right, so I did. You, he's not cool with that. And um, when, you, when you're not hearing anything in prayer and it's not peaceful, go there first. Uh, unforgiveness. Um, he's trying to say to you without saying so many words in some cases, get this care of. And you know what it is. You already know what it is. Like it take you a second. You don't have to book a Rama appointment. You know what it is, okay? <laughs> unforgiveness. And then also not being repentant. You know, when you get... When you start to practice, and you're all going to get good at this, right? Because now's the time. So when you start to get good at this, and again, there's silence or dryness there, and, 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 and you're carrying unconfessed sin, you just, like, you know, I just had a, an argument with Jenny, or I just got off the phone and got really angry at someone. Father, you know, my heart is really for ministry. <laughs> he's, not, he's not good with that. He's not good with that. If you're feeling dry, if you're feeling nothing's happening, go there, right? This process, actually, which is amazing, of, of growing in prayer, you know, uh, St. Tr uh, Teresa of Avila taught, what he's going to do first, if you're going to give you, you know, a couple, three, four, five weeks, maybe a month for some people, maybe a couple of months, and it's just like, man, flowing and awesome and cool and peaceful and filled with constellations, right? And then it's, it's, it's kind of gone, because you know what? He's going to He's going to deal with your sin. He's going to do that first. After you've had it, man, you've had Morgan and Bruce there, you've had it. But he's going to deal with your sin. That is number one, right? He's going to deal with that unforgiveness. He's going to deal with your soul, right? So, so these are important things when you're doing this. To, 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 if you don't feel like anything's happening, go there. He wants you to deal with that. And you know what he's going to do after he deals with that? He's going to take you back, like, you know, to all these things that happened to you when you were 13, 14, 17, 18. Your dad said this, your coach said that, your mom said that, and all these awful lies that we're carrying around. That's the next thing. But you know what? That stuff goes a lot easier when you know how to talk to him. And then you go in the Rhema room, and you already have a conversational relationship with God. And Miss Jenny said, or Aunt Jenny, whatever you call her here, <laughs> she says something. Um, you know, it's like, what does Jesus say about that? And then it's like, Right? Because you, you're, you're working this. You're flowing this already. Okay. 
um, repent and forgive. Now, here's how this. I don't go to bed at night until I do something called an examination of conscience. I go through my entire day, and if I'm coming home from work in a car, I'll do it in the car as well. Um, and I go through my day, and I said, Lord, what pleased you? And I praise the Lord, and I thank the Holy Spirit for that, because, you know, I lucked out. <laughs> and it's like, Lord, what didn't please you? What did I do? And, you know, I got too angry at that guy. I, I, I wasn't seeing that guy's heart. You know, I'm supposed to be light. I'm not light, Lord. I wasn't light. I was like the king of darkness almost in there. It's like, you know, it's horrible. And you know, I'm gonna beat myself up in that car until I get home. Do you know why? And even before I go to bed, I'm not going to bed with unconfessed sin. Do you know why? Because when I wake up in the morning and I go into my prayer closet and I wanna meet my father and I wanna have a conversation heart to heart, I'm gonna hit the ground running. I don't want the silence. I don't want the, the dryness. I'm gonna take care of all that ahead of time. So when I get in that closet, right, we're going. Amen? So do that as well. You, you know, if you, if you want this time, this one kind of really like to spend a lot of time about preparation. Everybody wants to hear about how do you do it? Like, do you sit a particular way? Do you put a... <laughs> That's last. It's the easiest if you do all this stuff. Amen? All right. Um, okay. Uh, passage is important. We're going to talk... You, always this starts with your Bible, and you always have it with you. You always have a word, whether it's your Bible or some other devotional book or whatever you carry around. You're always going to start this opening up the word of God, okay? In the morning, this intentional time, you're gonna always open up the word of God and you're gonna always have the last three Ps. You're gonna have a pencil or a pen and you're gonna have a piece of paper because if he says something, you write it down, right? And you write it down because you don't wanna forget it and you write it down because you know He's kind of addicted to talking to you. So like, I'm gonna leave you hanging tonight and you're gonna have to come back next week to hear the rest of this whole talk. <laughs> He leaves you hanging a lot of times too. Yeah. It's like, I feel like, it's, I think you're saying yes about that, right? I'm sensing this. Yeah. And then it's quiet. <laughs> it's silence. <laughs> what? I got, I got two minutes. You can give me the answer now. <gasps> no, no. He wants you back tomorrow. Wow. And if you write it down, um, um, we'll talk a little bit more about this next week, but if you write it down, um, you can go back. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about Pastor Tina and I and me going through my journals. Uh, with her. Uh, you can go back and look at your journals and you can start to see the pattern. Oh my gosh, he moved me from here to here. That took like about a week and a half, two weeks. Then he moved me here, it took about a month. And now I know exactly what to do. I started this prayer like two and a half months ago or something like that. Some of these decisions and things that we're after, they take a little bit of time. And not only is he, he wanting you to come back the next morning, but he's also working with your soul. He's trying to make sure you're ready. He's showing you stuff about what you need to get ready before you do this big move or whatever you're gonna do. Amen? Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna watch a movie clip now. I'm so grateful. It sounded, looked like you guys weren't falling asleep anyway. Um, um, Tim, can you rack up the Risen thing? Just hold it, don't play it yet. Risen? Yeah. I'm gonna show you a clip from the movie called Risen. It just came out last year. I highly, highly, highly recommend you watch this. Um, I think... You know, it kind of was an under-the-radar movie. You know, a lot of those Christian movies are a little corny, but this one wasn't. And let me give you a little bit of the background about this movie. This is a movie about a, a kind of a Roman centurion, right? And um, he was responsible for the crucifixion. He was kind of keeping everything under control, okay? 
And he saw Jesus die. He saw Jesus on the cross. And uh, as the movie goes on, Pilate asked this Roman, because Jesus rose, the tomb was empty, and Pilate asked this Roman centurion guy, his name was Clavius, he asked Clavius to go find the body. Like these Christians are, or these apostles are running around telling everybody that he's risen. It can't be. Go find the body. So it's fictional. So he goes on a hunt to try to find the body. And there were some really gruesome scenes there as he was looking for the body. But ultimately, who he ran into was Nathaniel and a couple of the other apostles. And then he thought he had, um, um, you know, found the body and he actually ran into Jesus. And he was still alive. And there was a few apostles hanging out with them and they were eating or something like that. And then he started to kind of follow them from afar. So this is Jesus risen. He was on the earth for about 40, day, for 40 days. Jesus risen and he was following, uh, this, this Clavius was following them from afar and he was seeing miracles and he was completely blown away by it. It's amazing. Nathaniel would come and talk to him and explain things that were going on. It was really cool. So this scene I'm going to show you here it's at night, and Clavius is kind of, now they know he's with them, and he's kind of walking around, but he is really at arm's length with this whole Jesus thing, right? He's, he's befuddled by the whole thing. He doesn't get it. So it's night. He kind of wakes up. They're sleeping outside, and he sees Jesus sitting on a rock, okay? And he uh, starts a conversation with him. I want you to know one thing before we play the clip. Um, it's the movie. This Clavius, um, you know, he's getting frustrated by all the death and all the destruction, and all the impression going on in Jerusalem at this time. And he said a couple times during the movie, you know what, all I want is one day without death. All right, so, all right, watch this and listen carefully. Uh, it's a very dark scene. I don't know if you can do the house lights thing, but if you can, that'd be really cool. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Know him. 
you died. I was present. said to him, speak your heart, Clavius. That's what you need to do. Speak your heart to him. Find a place, a time for this kind of prayer. It frightens you, Clavius. I've learned in, in my walk here that he asks a lot of questions. I love it when I hear a question from the Lord. He's going deep. If you want this, it's there for you. You just got to want it really bad. I'm going to finish with a story here. Um, just to give you an idea of how important this is to me. And like I said when I started the night, I hope it becomes a little bit more important to you. I was in prayer one day speaking to the Lord and he gave me the picture of this, um, this, this this speaker who I've always admired and he said um, he said to me would you like to be like him this was um, I don't know years ago would you like to be like him I said yes Lord I would he said very simple you start your relationship with me all over again right from ground zero <laughs> I said in about one split second no way I took me so long to get to the place where I could speak to him like that conversation like the conversations I showed you tonight and I wasn't trading I said no way Lord and you know what he said? All right, fair enough. He said, I'm gonna give you, he gave me a picture, very rarely does he give me pictures. He gave me a picture of a skyscraper in New York City. And there were parking lot garages under the ground filled with Ferraris. No word of a lie. 
He said, every one of those Ferraris are yours. All you have to do is start over in your relationship with me. And I said, <laughs> I'm not into Ferraris. <laughs> no, not happening. And then he said, I'll give you the skyscraper. Okay, figure that out. How much is that worth, brother? A hundred, a hundred million? Um, he could give me all of Canada. Make me the, pres the, the, the president of the... No, we're not. He can give me everything. Um, he can give me everything, anything. I am not going to trade anything for the opportunity, the privilege, the blessing every day to get into his presence, to hear his voice, to say something to him, to have him say something back, and to get into dialogue with him. I ain't trading nothing. I'm not starting over either. Not happening. That is how important this is to me. That's how important I believe he wants it to be for everybody. All you got to do you show up next week and you can get the rest of the stuff. <laughs> Terrible. All you got to do is show up next week. Five techniques I'm going to show you, but you're ready. Read those notes, whatever you took. Do some of the things I already showed you to do. And then we'll talk about five techniques next week um, on how to hear God's voice and have those kinds of conversations. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I can't wait to see you next week.